And a very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the May 15th Friday Live edition. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. How are you? And we're happy to be here on this lovely day out. It turned out it was a little overcast this morning, but the sun is shining brightly. It's a little warmer than it has been for these many days. A gorgeous summer day. Yeah, we've had some good weather uh, this week, haven't we? Was it was, it? yeah. We can't complain about this spring. No, except that we're locked in. <laughs> Well, there's always something you could complain people about, are, but people why are, bother? People are saying I've had enough. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I had my first get-away-from-me-today experience. I was next, oh, you took a drive? I was, I was next door, you know, getting a little weekend beverage. Oh. And uh, I guess I was not standing far enough away from the customer in front of me. Oh. And he jumped back like I had some kind of plague. Get back, he said. And I had my Jesse James outfit on, you know, my Well, maybe he mask. thought you were there to rob the place. I don't know. It was just it really, it's be. just, a, it's, it's such an odd thing. I know. I'm just really just, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know how we're dealing with it, but. But, you know, every day Which news, is why I was next door, by the way, buying what I had to buy for the weekend to kind of deal with the weekend. Every day new developments come and new directives, this and that. Did you hear the latest is that when we do go back to churches, that they're going back to the fashion of, of women wearing hats. And even men are allowed to wear hats. Why? Uh, the hat. No, get out. Are the, you serious? The, no one has gotten their hair cut for two, three months. Oh. It's gonna be, <laughs> so hats are coming back. No, I'm kidding. I just. But. Men just, can't wear hats. Don't stare at people's crazy hairdos. Yeah, it's just been crazy. Anyway, we have a lovely program lined up for the next couple of hours. We hope you stay with us. Uh, just a little bit later on this hour, Father Wade Menezes from EWTN. You know Father Wade. He's written a book called Overcoming the Evil Within. So Father Wade will be our guest this hour. Uh, also, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune, so you'll have a chance to call in and win a fabulous prize. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim's here with the weather, as he is every week with us. Next hour, we are going to have our gospel reading for the sixth Sunday of Easter already. And our friend, Father John Butler, pastor of St. Michael's in uh, uh, Long Long Branch, will be our uh, guest homilist today. Uh, Also, next hour, Father John Bartonek, who has written a book, well, a series. It's a four-book series called The Better Part, Reflections on the Four Gospels, uh, kind of a self-retreat. So Father John will join us as well. Music and other things we'll be chatting about. So it's like Priest Day. We have all the priests coming on. and Well, you know, they're they're locked up too. <laughs> they have a little bit more time then to share their Seems wisdom. Seems we have a lot, yeah, a lot more guests lately that are available. Usually we're I trying know. to set up these, these, these interviews, and, you know, we're very specific, mm. 4, 15, 5, 30. And, you know, well, they can't this Friday, but, but they're all available now. Because yes. everybody's just sitting at home, so right. which is great for us. Um, but we hope you stay with us, my friends. Join us here for this uh, this program. We're happy to be here with you. Um, and I was just going to say something, and I forgot what it was. I'm going to make a point, but I guess I don't have the point to make. Oh, yes, you can text us. If you have any questions or comments along the way, uh, our text number here is 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. You can text us throughout the program. Mm-hmm. Questions, comments. You know, how are you dealing with the lockdown? Uh, or I guess now they're, what, they, what, the reopening, now they're calling it the reopening, mm-hmm. the reopening of the country. People are reopening. Although I did tell you in Arizona, our second favorite state, mm-hmm. or maybe our first favorite state, mm-hmm. they're all opened up. Yes. Even gyms and salons and spas are opened up it's in Arizona. It's almost worth a plane ticket if anyone was even flying <laughs> People there. People are flying. Go get my hair cut. <laughs> they got, you have to wear the mask and they don't sell the middle seat. 
Yes. So there's... (laughs) But there's probably not as many choices in your flights, right? I mean, you try to book... You mean, like, oh, as far as going, destination-wise? I mean, how many... They don't need to fill so many planes. No, no, no. And even... even, I did, out of curiosity, just check to see, because we always get a nonstop to Phoenix when we fly to Phoenix. Right. Uh, there are no non-stops to Phoenix now. Oh, see, it's going to be hard so. They're to... stopping. They have to. They have to make their their money. Although they did get billions and billions of dollars from the government. Right. Anyway, let's pray, and yes. uh, we have good news about Bruce. Right, Bruce is home from the hospital. Yes, he came home today. So we're going to pray in Thanksgiving, and that the uh, therapy is working, and and the antibiotics or or whatever that is, keep up the good work, keep getting better. Right, Bruce was here. Was in the hospital a little bit. Had gotten it. He was gardening. Mm. and cut his finger and got an infection. And the infection would start to run up his finger and into his hand. His hand was right. swollen red. And whatever antibiotics they gave him, they worked. So Bruce is back home. So, Bruce, if you're listening, God bless you. We'll look forward to seeing you soon. Well, that teaches you to garden, right? Just sit outside and, uh, and appreciate God's Well, nature. if you can't go to the store, <laughs> the produce section, which, by the way, people probably are feeling the tomatoes in the produce yeah. section and putting them back in. <laughs> Right? That's right. But I have a friend that said they're putting in a huge garden where they've been very, very careful and they're a little bit more on uh, to err on the side of caution. So he said, we're going to plant a whole slew of things, dug up half of his backyard, hmm. planting everything you can name, peppers, wow. cucumbers, tomatoes, the whole well, thing, because we're going to grow our own stuff. With all of our property here, we could have livestock grazing out there. I know. We could get a cow and a sheep. And- Although we'd have to, you couldn't slaughter them, though, to eat them. Well, I couldn't. <laughs> I can barely kill a fleet. All right, let's pray. And uh, again, at Thanksgiving, we keep praying for our friend Maria. You know, her mom texted us today, and Maria, God bless her. She's a suffering servant. And um, the Lord is just leading the, the Maria and her parents and her family and where he wants them to be. So just keep praying for that as well, praying for a miracle. What a journey. But they do say how they feel sustained. They can actually feel the people praying and it gives them the grace to go another hour, another day, another week. It can't be easy. It cannot be. Okay, so let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God, in the present tragic situation when the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety. We fly to you, Mother of God and our Mother, and seek refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes toward us amid this coronavirus pandemic. Comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones and who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill with hope those who are troubled by the uncertainty of the future and the consequences for the economy and employment. Mother of God and our Mother, please pray for us to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and that hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son, as you did at Cana, so that the families of the sick and the victims be comforted and their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect those doctors, nurses, health care workers, volunteers who are on the front lines of this emergency and are risking their lives to save others. Support their heroic efforts and grant them strength and generosity and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and to priests who in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel are trying to help and support everyone. 
Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they, they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Mary Most Holy, stir our consciences so that the enormous funds invested in developing and stockpiling of arms will instead be spent on promoting effective research on how to prevent similar tragedies from occurring in the future. Beloved Mother, help us to realize that we are all members of one great family and to recognize the bond that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity, we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and need, make us strong in faith, persevering in service, constant in prayer. Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume its normal course. To you who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and to Blessed Mother under the, the subtum presidium prayer as Holy Father asked, to protect the church against the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend, defend us, in us in battle. battle. Be, Be our, our protection, protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. devil. May, May God, God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray, pray for, for us. us, Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Pray for pray us, for us. Saint Pope John Paul II. Pray, pray for, for us, and Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray, pray for us, and Our Lady of Fatima. Yeah, amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You never, we never did go to Fatima. You went to Lords, but not never Fatima. went to Fatima. No, I think your parents did, though, didn't they? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah. they did. Lords, I would go if I could go back to anywhere. That just was so beautiful, and you could just sense the holiness there, mm -hmm. and it was so peaceful. You know, you don't even whisper to right. other people. It was just but people did it put you in the pool? You went in the pool? I did get the the dip in the in the Lord's mm -hmm. water. Kind of a... It was strange because it was ice cold, but it dried immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you think, I'm going in, and I'm going to be soaking wet to put my clothes back on and everything, and it was just immediate dry. Wow. Yeah, mm. it was just a beautiful place. A lot of walking. Well, it is the month of Our Lady, and Holy Father mm -hmm. has asked all people to pray the rosary every day in your home. He said while you're uh, quarantined or locked in, you can mm -hmm. pray the rosary. Uh, we'll take a break, and when we come back, our friend Father Wade Menezes will join us, and he's written a book called Overcoming the Evil Within. And uh, Father Wade will be here uh, when we return. So stay right where you are, my friends. More to come on Friday Live. Oh 
Worship your holy name, Jesus, I worship your holy name. 
All right, well, welcome back, friends. Happy to have you joining us on this beautiful, beautiful May 15th. And we want to welcome to the program now uh, someone very familiar with all of our EWTN view- viewers and listeners. Father Wade Manesis, uh, in has written a brand new book called Overcoming the Evil Within. And from a pastoral perspective, Father guides us in overcoming challenging issues, dependencies, addictions, and teaches us how to defeat such things as fear, doubt, anxiety, worry, resentment, and all the other ills that may stunt our spiritual, familial, and professional life. So, Father Wade, we want to welcome you to the program. Hey, Jim, thank you so much. And by the way, you pronounced my last name perfectly. Kudos on that. Oh, well, you know, well, my last name is Manfredonia, so I know I know the feeling when people <laughs> when people don't pronounce it correctly. But thank you so much, Father, for taking time out of I know what is a very busy schedule for you and uh, for being with us today and for writing the book. You know, um, we I was just telling Cheryl, we were down at the network uh, a few times, but what, what, maybe three or four years ago we were up at the Shrine and you happened to say Mass that morning. And we love listening to your homilies. There's such a gentleness and a great, um, a great way to express God's mercy, Father. You have that beautiful gift, and as a father of well, mercy, I guess that's why. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, I would say it does come from the charism. You know, that's that's the teaching of the church. That the different religious orders of men and women are founded based on a particular charism. Uh, of their founder or foundress, and so when the religious order is approved by the Church, it's basically the Vatican seal of approval saying, yes, your order is not only officially approved by Holy Mother Church, but the Church also acknowledges that your founder or foundress was per se truly, authentically inspired by the Holy Spirit for this particular charism. So the Fathers of Mercy were founded in the immediate aftermath of the French Revolution, and and we know, of course, from history the havoc and destruction and blow that the French Revolution blew to the Church there. So the original Fathers of Mercy were diocesan men who were formed together uh, to make a mission band, a, a preaching mission band, to travel throughout the country to bring the people back to practicing their Catholic faith. And so we carry on that charism and apostolic work even today, uh, primarily throughout the United States, Canada, and Australia. And in regards to the subject matter of sin, uh, Jim and Cheryl, I, I like to say very simply that mercy is who God is. Huh? Mm-hmm. It's love's second name. God is more interested in our future than in our past. He's more interested in the kind of person we can yet become than in the kind of person we used to be, while indeed taking our sins seriously, no doubt, whether mortal or venial, God never, ever takes those sins as the last word. Why? Because He knows He's made us in His image and likeness. He knows He calls us constantly to a life of His sanctifying grace. And he knows he is our God, who's bigger than any sin we might ever commit, even the most hideous and wicked mortal sin. So, so my new book, Overcoming the Evil Within, the subtitle is The Reality of Sin and the Transforming Power of God's Grace and Mercy. Uh, I want it to be just that. I want it to be a, a simple a manual in, in layperson's terms, springboarding from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, just like my book on the Four Last Things did two years ago. Uh, to help us realize the, the reality of sin in, in this third millennium culture of ours, and that we're called to sanctify the culture. 
You know, the reality of sin, Father, is something that we deal with on a daily basis as weak uh, human human beings. And uh, we know that the temptation there, especially the one that comes from the evil one, is to just give up. You know, we, we, we commit sin. We know we are sinful people. And you know, the enemy would love us to say, that's it. You'll never be forgiven for that. You might as well just give up and just continue on your sinful ways and forget about it. But as you just mentioned, the arms of God's mercy are open wide to us on a regular basis. And we have to always reinforce that, don't we? Absolutely. You know, out of all seven sacraments, it's nice to be reminded that only two can be received over and over and over again with much frequency, and that's the sacraments of the Eucharist and reconciliation, Mm -hmm. holy confession. Why is that? Because these are the two sacraments that sustain us in our daily vocation and state in life, whether one be single, married, a consecrated priest, brother or sister— doctor, farmer, lawyer, homeschooling, mother of six. How about a divorced dad of three striving to live a chaste life, for example, by practicing um, his Catholic faith all the while through this time of trial for him? Um, How about uh, retired grandparents, working grandparents, uh, recently widowed grandparents? I recently got a letter from a, a grandparent and parent who's been married 66 years, their spouse is still living, and they've benefited from this book. Mm. How beautiful is that? Beautiful. Um, how about the college student who practices only chaste courtship in college? Why? I'll tell you why. Because he knows that his baptism and confirmation, sustained by regular Eucharist and penance, as a single person, calls him to practice chaste courtship, as opposed to the sin of fornication, sexual relations before marriage, which usually includes contraception, which usually includes at least one chemically induced abortion very early on, uh, so early on that the, the female may not even know she had a chemically induced abortion by virtue of the contraception that was being used. Um, he knows he's supposed to practice chaste courtship. In other words, it's not, a, it's not a relationship of utilitarianism. I'm with you because I know you're useful to me, or I'm with you because I know I can get this from you. No, chaste courtship wipes all that off the board, and the person grows in holiness. And that's what this book is about. Mm. How do you counsel, Father, those who um, they, they know they reap the fruits of confession? Uh, we, we sin, we fall, we sin again, but we go to confession. As you say, you know, reconciliation can be, can be repeated. But somehow there's this dark cloud or a dark spot on your heart. You know that God is all loving and all forgiving, but we feel we still feel the guilt. We still feel the shame. How do we overcome that? Not only the, the guilt and the shame, but also maybe a falling a subsequent time and thus wanting to get back to confession, especially if it's a mortal sin, as soon as it is reasonably possible. I tell people, look, the, the reality of our fallen human nature is just that. It's a reality. It's resultant of the fall of our first parents with the original sin, capital O, capital S. And with the original sin was ushered in a darkened intellect and a weakened will. When before the fall of our first parents, we had an enlightened intellect and a strengthened will. So baptism wipes away the original sin, but the effects, that's with an E, not an A. Baptism wipes away the original sin, but the effects of the original sin, the effects of this darkened intellect and weakened will remain so we can fall again, and in some cases again and again. But the good news is, is that real growth is possible in virtue. One of my favorite paragraphs in the Universal Catechism, which came out in the early to mid-90s by John Paul II, now saint, 
is number 1803. It defines what virtue is and virtuous living, and it says this, virtue and virtuous living is pursuance of the good, the true, and the beautiful in concrete daily actions using all five of our bodily senses, sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing, and using all four faculties of the soul, namely intellect, will, memory, and imagination. And within those four are tied up the passions, emotions, and feelings, which are all synonymous, each one with the other two, passions, emotions, and feelings. So with these nine great gifts, the five bodily senses and the four faculties of the soul, again, intellect, will, memory, and imagination, with these nine great gifts, we can strive for pursuance, pursuing the good, the true, and the beautiful in concrete daily actions. It could be something as mundane as, do I really need this second slice of blueberry pie? To, should I be watching this television show or should I not? I know it excites my passions because there's a lot of immoral parts in it. Do I really need to be watching it? Do I really need to have the control to be right? Et cetera, et cetera. The list can go on and on and on. Any form mm-hmm. of an issue, dependency, or an addiction. So I tell the people, Cheryl, that, look, understand that reality states that we're fallen creatures, but just as important and just as real is that growth in virtue is possible. So anybody listening to your show right now, read number 1803 of the Catechism. Even if you don't have a copy of the Catechism in your home, look up the Universal Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 1803 online. It's Mm -hmm. a beautiful paragraph. It's loaded with material for meditation. We're talking with Father Wade Menezes, and you know, friends, that uh, he's certainly uh, one of the regulars on the Open Line program on Tuesdays, and we hear, hear and see him on uh, various programs on EWTN. He's written a book called Overcoming the Evil Within, and uh, Father, in in the book, maybe just real quick, just kind of outline, I, I know I see on here how to per, uh, perform an effective examination of conscience, mm. uh, which is something maybe that we, we, we're not as familiar with or as comfortable with as we, or as we should be, but in the book you cover that? Yes, it's a, an examination of conscience is threefold. First of all, there's the primary examination of conscience before you make a sacramental confession. It should take no more than five or six minutes, preferably with a good written form. We Fathers of Mercy at our website, fathersofmercy.com, have a beautiful English and Spanish examination of conscience, same wording on both, uh, that they can print out, people can print out on their home printer. Uh, Five to seven minutes, uh, read it before you go into confession. It it combs through the Ten Commandments. That's the primary examination of conscience. Then the daily examination of conscience are the other two. Uh, at midday, we make what's called a midday examination of conscience around 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon, where we look only at a particular virtue we're trying to advance in our life or a particular vice we're trying to uproot out of our life. And that's maybe a minute to a minute and a half long. You see how you've done so far during that point of the day, the halfway point of the day, and you close it with an act of contrition. Then at the end of the day, before you retire in the evening, before your head hits the pillow, Uh, You make what's called a general examination of conscience, where you look at your whole day generally in regards to uh, all virtues, all vices that you're trying to work on, and you see how you did. Again, this is a two-minute exercise, 90-second to two-minute exercise, and you close with an act of contrition again. So in, in Catholic spirituality, the two daily examines, the particular examine at the midday and the general examine at the end of the day, have been considered staples throughout the centuries of Catholic moral spirituality. Again, for singles, for marrieds, for consecrated religious, etc., whatever one's state in life and vocation is. That's beautiful. You have that checkpoint. See, I sleep till yeah. noon. I sleep till noon, so it minimizes my hours to <laughs> sleep sin. Sleep till noon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. But there you go. And, and it, it should be just that. The, the particular examine should be just that. You're, you're looking particularly at one virtue or one vice you're trying to work on. Right. And then you see how you've done. You know, let's say I'm working on patients, and, and I was at Walmart at 10 a.m. Boy, did I holler at that poor Walmart clerk. And it's not her fault she couldn't find the price of the item I wanted. But right. boy, did I sure take it out on her. Mm, okay? Right. So, so I, I, I failed in my wanting to work on patients with that particular situation. But the good news is, is I have self-knowledge, and I make that particular exam at the midday, and I want to grow in virtue. I want to seek out the good, the true, and the beautiful in concrete daily actions with mm-hmm. the four faculties of the soul and the five bodily senses. This is holiness. This is how we become saints. Mm, you know, Father, about, I guess about a year and a half ago, I really got into praying night prayer. And Beautiful. so much so that I look forward to it. But there is, that's the examination. We begin with the examination of conscience. Right. And that's I got to right. tell you, I've never, right. I've never slept as well in these past year and a half that I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. I sleep Beautiful. very well because I, I love that last, may the Almighty Lord grant us a restful night and a peaceful death. A peaceful that's death. right. And whether you're a lay person, like as yourself, Jim, and, and Cheryl, praying the, the Compline, what's called Compline, the Church's night prayer, the universal night prayer of the Church, um, or whether you're in an active order like the Fathers of Mercy or a contemplative order like some of the cloistered Carmelite communities of women, we all pray Compline, and we all begin Compline with that examination of conscience, Mm. and then we pray the night prayer. It's just beautiful, and to think this is centuries old, centuries Mm. old. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and and I mean this. It's the Catholic Church in Christendom, and the Catholic Church alone, capital A, the Catholic Church alone, that has such a strong patrimony, capital P, such a strong patrimony of such practices in the individual's life to strive for holiness. And this is what I want my readers to come back to. Well, on that note, Father, we're going to have to cut it out. But we've been talking with Father Wade Benesis, and and the book is called Overcoming the Evil Within. And uh, EWTNpublishing.com has it, as the SophiaInstitute.com and all other ways to get your good Catholic material. Overcoming the Evil Within, Father Wade Benesis. Thank you so much, Father, for being with us today and for writing the book. Thank you, Jim and Cheryl. I look forward to talking to you whenever the next book is. I hope great. so. Keep God bless the, you. Thank you, Father. Keep up the great work. Okay. God bless. Stay well. God, God bless, bless you. Now, Thank you. Bye. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. We'll be back with more in just a bit. With uh, Jim's going to come by with the weather, and uh, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. So stay where you are, my brothers and sisters.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, and from the Domestic Church Media Weather Center, how about that? From the Weather Center, here's our meteorologist, Mr. Sunshine himself, Jim Hoffman. Mr. Hoffman. So I'll take all credit for today. Well, All thank right. you. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Yes. Beautiful day. Sure. Yes. Thank you. And actually, a few days this week were, were pretty nice. Yeah, doing great. But today, yeah. it was warm. Today was warm. You didn't need a jacket today. That was, it's okay. Yeah, I, was, I was looking back to last week, a week ago today. We were talking about a little bit of snow in the Poconos. <laughs> right. A few inches up in uh, the mountains of New York State and up into Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. And, yeah. But today, look. Look at the difference a week makes, right? Yeah. Everybody's sitting outside in the ki- everybody's sitting outside in the kiddie pool today. <laughs> right, with with their face masks on. Yeah, well, you can't right. be six feet apart in the kiddie pool, though. No. <laughs> be no. <in> the other- <laughs> I, I, I guess start- you have to buy you have to buy multiple kiddie pools. And that's right. That's right. Everybody has their own. Everybody has their own kiddie pool. Own Just kind of separate them. Kiddie pool. That's right. That's so I know now, Jim. I know you. You and your family love to go down to Long Beach Island during the summertime. You spend a lot of time down there. Uh, what are you going to do this year? Got to keep running. Got to keep moving. Well, that's right. You can't on the sit. beach. You can't sit still. <laughs> no sitting oh, still on the beach. 
Yeah. Uh, who knows what they're going to do? Well, I know they're supposed to open up um, Memorial Day. Yes. But who knows how they're going to police the social distancing? And, yeah, I've heard some reports on the TV and radio that they're going to limit the number of people on the beach. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to do that. Cheryl but, said she heard uh, you can you can you can you can surf, but you can't swim. Is that right? What you can't go swimming, but you can surf. So, so own up on own up on your your surfing skills, Jimbo. <laughs> there, there, there must be um, uh, a lot of surfing lobbyists there at the township. <laughs> I guess. So. I guess. <laughs> but they're still charging for beach tags. <laughs> so, oh. so I don't know how that's going. I've got my season passes. Just oh, you did. Oh, okay. All right. Good for you. Good for you. So here we are, middle of May. We're feeling the warmth of the spring today. Mm-hmm. Tell us what we can expect uh, the weekend and beyond. Well, um, oh, just what a beautiful day. Did you go bike riding, Cheryl? Oh, I've been out on my bike. Yes, yes. Yesterday yeah, was I beautiful. I did a 20-mile bike today. Oh, fantastic! And it was beautiful. Twenty miles. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Twenty miles. Yeah. One, one big, well, one um, big circle. Big circle. You ended up. Yeah, just... a one-mile circle. I went twenty times. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. The people in my neighborhood. Oh, there goes that woman again on her bike. <laughs> and she has that music playing. Oh boy. Yeah. So Jim, I, I ruined your perfect segue into the weather. Sorry. Well, that's, right. okay. that's okay. But, that's right. That's right. That's uh, right. So we're going to, there's going to be a little fly in the ointment. We're going to have a chance of showers and thunderstorms later this evening. And I'm just looking at the radar now. There's nothing close by, but up in northwest Pennsylvania, you can see that there's a a couple lines of uh, showers and storms that will be moving through our area just a little bit later. So it'll be cloudy with a low around 65, not that bad for a low temperature. Mm. Southwest winds. About 10 to 15 miles an hour, we're going to see some gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. So be careful if you're driving out there this evening, especially if you happen to hit some of those showers and thunderstorms. Uh, Tomorrow, slight chance of showers in the morning, otherwise mostly sunny. High near 78 should be another good day. Not as warm, but but still a beautiful day tomorrow. Get out there on your bikes. Um, wear your masks and, and social distance. <laughs> it's great, Saturday though. night, partly cloudy, low 52. Sunday, a chance of showers in the afternoon, mostly cloudy, high near 65. Sunday night, chance of showers continues, mostly mostly cloudy with a low around 55. And then first day of the work week, Monday, afternoon showers likely, cloudy with a high near 70. And next week, looks like we're going to have um, highs in the 60s, lows in the 50s. Um, just showers occasionally here and there, but otherwise, no snow. No, exactly. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's right. And now all the Mayflowers will get watered, so yeah. that's good. Yeah, Cheryl planted flowers yesterday. Yeah. We have no hose well, to so water them. Well, that was them. good. So Jackie planted flowers um, about a week and a half ago, and vegetables. So oh, good. the tomatoes good. and the spinach, they're not looking too good because it did get cold and we got yeah. close to freezing, but yeah. never really hit it. Yeah. But hopefully it'll, hopefully it will come back. All right. As yeah. I said last week, we should just, as I said last week, the way our family uh, gardens, uh-huh. we should just go to the, right. the nursery and, and, and order dead flowers <laughs> yes. and then plant them. Give me last year's stock. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go to, the, you don't have to, go to the, the, the nursery. Just come to our house. That's where all the dead plants are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They come to my house to die, too. <laughs> all right, Jimbo. Listen, you guys enjoy the weekend. Thank you always. as we, we, we Thank you every week for all you do for us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. Have God a bless great you. weekend. Thank you. Thank you.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's heading our way as Jim gives us the weather. Time to name that Catholic tune, a fun game show we play here every Friday. Uh, and uh, Cheryl's going to give you some uh, information about today's Catholic hymn, Catholic mm-hmm. tune. Mm-hmm. And then she'll play a little sample. Now, are you going to do it on the uh, Mighty World Literature today or the yeah, Nine this, Foot Grand? This is very much a piano <laughs> All right, so we have to wheel in the nine-foot grand. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, the number to call when you think you know what the hymn is after Cheryl plays her little sample, is 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. Uh, but don't call until Cheryl plays you a little bit of it. But here's some here's some fun facts about today's Catholic <laughs> tune. And you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to find any information, but I feel like this is something everybody knows, especially now in the month of May. Of course, we're in the Easter season, but May, dedicated to Mary, I thought I would do a a hymn to the Blessed Mother. Um, The text has been around for centuries. And finally, around, it's also been set to a variety variety of melodies. But this is definitely um, one of those born when folk groups came alive, right? So what, Mm -hmm. 1970, 1975? Yeah, late 60s, early 70s. Mm Post-Vatican II, when all the the guitar guys were out there and and girls and doing the folk group sort of Mm -hmm. thing. So it still, it definitely lends itself to piano and guitar. Um, Dedicated to the Blessed Mother. It's literally the Hail Mary prayer, but then two additional verses were added. Um, It was written by, I can tell you, Carrie Landry. And so he was born in 1944, and he lived through all those changes at Vatican II, and he was responsible for writing many hymns that were great for the folk groups. He probably has between seven and ten different albums or CDs and songbooks to go with it. He wrote a lot of children's mass settings. So this is the era that that it, that it came from. So, um, again, uh, the Hail Mary prayer, but with additional verses. I think that's going to help you realize. Okay. okay. So now you can go over to the nine-foot grand. We wheeled in the nine-foot yeah. grand. Can people grand. see this? Can they actually see what I'm playing? They see you standing over there. They don't see yeah. the actual nine-foot grand. You know, I feel like I don't want to pull off my headset. Here. Okay. All right. So here it is. So we're going to go somewhere in the middle here. That's the number to call, 609-493-8255, if you think you know what today's hymn is. Okay, we're getting a, a, uh, we have a caller here, so let's go, that's right. All right, hi, you're on the air, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Dolores Sullivan. Dolores Sullivan, and where are you calling from? I'm calling from Bayville, New Jersey. From Bayville, okay. Hi, Dolores. Very nice. And what do you think today's? Hi, how are you? Good. And and what's your parish down there in Bayville, by the way? Uh, it's St. Max. St. Max. Okay, very good. Okay. And what do you think today's Catholic hymn is? 
I would say Hail, Hail Mary, Gentlewoman. Very good, Dolores from Bayville. Hail Mary, Gentlewoman is correct. Very good. Yes, you recognize the melody, I suppose. Yes, the Hail Mary, and when you said two extra verses. There it is. Good, good. Very nice. Well, <laughs> are you in a choir at St. Maximilian, or are you just... Uh... No, no, I'm uh, not, but I, I just recognized it. Very oh, yeah. good. It's a staple, isn't it? May crowning. Yeah. and oh. So we miss hearing all these in our churches with the choir singing or the, the guitar ensemble. It's I went to the church today and sitting there nice and quietly and several people there praying now that the doors are open for private prayer. But for me, of course, biased, it's all about the music, you know, very often. And so... But. Yeah, I know, I know. Mm. Well, um, hopefully that will be all changing soon. Yes, yeah, we're keep hoping, up the right? praying, we're praying right? for that. Well, Dolores, <laughs> yes, thank you so yes, much. Definitely. Dolores, right? Dolores, Dolores yes. yes. Dolores, thank you so much yes. for. Now, don't hang up. I'm going to put you on hold, and Cheryl's going to get some information from you, so we can send you a fabulous prize for being today's winner. How about that? <laughs> all right. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, thank you, Dolores. God bless you. And friends, uh, you stay where you are because there's more to come on Friday Live.
And that was today's Catholic tune, Hail Mary, gentlewoman. I'm getting weird, like weird, weird things. I'm getting feedback or something. I don't know what it is here. Anyway. Oh, that's. <laughs> turn off the monitor. Turn off the monitor. Uh, I don't, well, where is that coming from? Your, your phone. Oh, yeah, it is on my phone. Get rid of that. Well, that's because someone said, uh, Carolyn said, I have a Fatima rosary made out of roses from Fatima. They still have a fragrance. They're about 45 years old. Oh, how beautiful. That's what that noise was. <laughs> too much technology. I know. Too much technology. That's why I sit on this side of the desk. I don't have to do anything. I have it all here in my power. <laughs> oh, don't get It's all in my power. Power hungry people. Yeah. And listen, the pizza was dropped off at the. We had, we had a, the pizza guy now just has to drop it off at the front door. He can't That's hand right. you the pizza; just drops it off at the front door. So anybody could come by and take that. Animals, pizza. anything, come by and grab <laughs> it. But they didn't. I got it in Speaking time. Speaking of animals, you, of had, time. you had a couple of little visitors here recently, didn't you? The fox. Oh, a fox out front, sure. Well, that fox has been around. A fox family lives somewhere nearby. Because, <sighs> but that one was like sunbathing in the driveway. I know. I. I <laughs> I'm just so surprised they would come so close. You know, there's cars up and down the driveway, and we're right off of uh, the, a main road. Yeah, but you they know. come out of the woods here. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, it may live under our shed in the back. I'm not quite sh- sure. I, 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 it comes from that direction anyway. Yeah. But oh, we have, wow. we're surrounded by woods. so. And then there was the uh, the time with the angry geese. You that was a while ago. But that They haven't come back. You know, those geese... Um, they can be fresh. I guess about th- th- three years ago was the last I saw of them because they would try, they would land, and you know when they land, they're looking for a place to nest. Mm-hmm. But I would chase them with my car. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Until they, I didn't hurt them. Yeah. But they would, they would run and then and fly away because yeah. I was chasing them with my car. I would make sure I wouldn't hurt them. Yeah. But they were, uh, they were quite frightened. Yeah. And they never came back. So I'm, I'm a goosebuster. You ran them out of town. Good for you. I'm a goosebuster. All right, well, we're going to take a break. Another big hour of Friday Live coming back. Next hour, uh, we're going to be uh, having our gospel reading uh, uh, for the sixth Sunday of Easter. Our good friend, Father John Butler, is going to give a reflection on that particular gospel. And then Father John Bartonek has written a series of books, a four-part series called The Better Part 
on each of the four Gospels. Kind of a self-retreat um, book uh, series, so he'll be with us as well. More music, more talk. Stay where you are. More to come on Friday Live. Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Our family had been going through crisis 
little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. Now, when you've got Jesus in your heart, then and then only can you see and find your real self. You know why? Because you're not afraid to look at yourself. You're not going around pretending you're something you're not. If you're an angry person, you got the guts to say, I am an angry person. But with the grace of God and the power of His Spirit, the power of His Spirit, I can become like who? Like Jesus. Not like me. Not like the best in me, but like Jesus in me. You see, it's very, very important that when you go around looking for yourself, that you try to find out who you are, that you have Jesus in your heart. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We have a big problem. Our culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in His church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teams spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. For another hour of Friday Live, friends, on this uh, lovely May 15th, smack dab in the middle of May we are. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we'll be here for another hour. Coming up, we're going to have our gospel reading for this Sunday, the sixth Sunday of Easter. And our friend Father John Butler, pastor of St. Michael's over in Long Branch, will be giving us the reflection. We also have more music. And coming up later this hour, Father John Bartonek, who has written a book called The Better Part, or a series, four-part series, one for each gospel. Mm-hmm. So Father John will be joining us as well. Uh, and, and I was told, you know, <clears throat> people uh, are certainly home and having a little bit more time on their hands that a lot of them are uh, picking up the Bible, and it's like, well, where where do I start? Mm-hmm. You know, do you read from page 1 to 1,000? But they say to start with the gospels. Well, they need to stay tuned and listen to Father John. Mm-hmm. He'll tell us all about it in his mm-hmm. series that he has coming up for So. All right, so why don't we pray our Sunday gospel, and then our friend Father John Butler will give us the reflection. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. In our Gospel passage today from John's chapter 14, we find Jesus and his disciples at the Last Supper. In the upper room, Holy Thursday night, it's only hours before the passion of Jesus, the treacherous betrayal by Judas, the cowardly denial by Peter, the unthinkable death of the Son of God on the cross. In the preceding chapter, John has set the time and the mood for us with these words. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come, his time to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. With those words, John makes two points completely clear. First, that Jesus knows and that we, the reader, the listener, the audience, also know that the death of Jesus is imminent. And the second point, that the key word and the primary subject to be addressed and hammered home during the course of John's description and narrative of the Last Supper, that key word, that primary subject, is love. The love of Jesus for his disciples, the love of God for all of humanity and all of creation, the love that Jesus embodied and demonstrated to the fullest, the love that Jesus urged and enjoined his disciples and all of us to imitate and practice and live out, love one another as I have loved you. We hear that phrase, that command, multiple times in these four chapters of John's Gospel, chapters 13 through 17, today's passage again from chapter 14, the four Gospel chapters that have come to be known as the farewell discourse of Jesus the Last Supper discourse of Jesus. His final words on his final night before the crucifixion, his deepest and most heartfelt thoughts before he bravely exited that upper room to pray in the garden, to face his betrayer and the bloodthirsty mob, to die for our sins, his emphatic reiteration of his most important teachings and his most vital lessons that he, Jesus, insisted and commanded the apostles to retain and to pass on. Again, Love one another as I have loved you. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and reveal myself to him. Jesus looks to the past and to the future as he speaks to the apostles and to us on that very first Holy Thursday night. Looking to the past, he holds up for them the example, the model of the past three years of his public ministry, all the miracles, all the healings, all the sermons, the words and the actions that both illustrate as well as define what we know as Christ-like love. Even that very night in chapter 13, Jesus provided one of the most vivid examples of that Christ-like love and Christ-like humility with the washing of the feet narrated by John washing of the feet of the apostles coupled with the words that Jesus used to implore them 
I have now given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should now also do. If you understand this, blessed are you if you do it. And Jesus looks to the future as well. He tells the apostles, he promises the apostles that their future, our future, will be blessed, will be aided, will be guided, will be comforted by the Holy Spirit. How does Jesus express it that night? Another advocate, the spirit of truth to be with you always. It remains with you and will be in you, and I will not leave you orphans. Let's shift gears for a moment. John, throughout his gospel writing, puts many interesting literary devices to work. We see several of them right here in chapter 14. First, a literary inclusio at the beginning near and near the very end of chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. We find that both at verse number 1 and then 26 verses later, the same words again at verse 27. Do not let your hearts be troubled. We hear that voice of Jesus, the master of rhetoric and the spoken word, using the art of language, literary bookends, literary brackets, even as he contemplates his own death. His purpose with these devices, as he looks into the eyes of his anxious, shaken, distressed apostles, his purpose to console, to teach, to emphasize and make memorable, to punctuate his eternal message, to speak of peace, as well as to convey and instill peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Words that Jesus speaks twice, words that we today would do well to remember and take to heart during these, our COVID-19 pandemic years and months of 2020. Another literary device in John's gospel is the form, the genre of the farewell itself. The farewell discourse of Jesus is unique, of course, and one of a kind, but then again, the farewell speech is familiar to all of us, even seen in fiction and nonfiction, seen in real life as well as in literature. Many farewells come to mind quickly and easily, some examples, George Washington, twice, his farewell to his officers at Francis Tavern in New York at the conclusion of the Revolutionary War, 1783. Then later, his farewell to the nation as his term of office as president drew to a close in 1796. From the ancient world, we think of Socrates' farewell dialogue in Plato's Phaedo. More recently, Ronald Reagan in his Alzheimer's farewell letter in 1994, quoting, I now begin the journey that will lead me into the sunset of my life. I know that for America, there will always be a bright dawn ahead. Thank you, my friends. May God always bless you. Again, President Reagan, former President Reagan, back in 1994. More examples from the Bible. Jacob in the book of Genesis, Moses in Deuteronomy, King David in First Chronicles, and of course, St. Paul more than once, similar to Washington, in the Acts of the Apostles, as well as the second letter to Timothy. For I am now already being poured out like a libation, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And one last example that would be difficult to leave out, especially for baseball fans during these coronavirus days and nights without baseball, Lou Gehrig's farewell address, Yankee Stadium, the 4th of July, 1939. Yet today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. What all of these farewells have in common to greater or lesser degrees, they are themes and messages that go to the core of human experience and spirituality. Yes, the sadness of the impending departure and separation, and at the same time, hope and hopefulness, gratitude and camaraderie, 
wisdom and optimism, joy, and, of course, love. That Christ-like love that Jesus himself spoke of at the Last Supper and gave us as a model to love one another as he has loved us. He loves unconditionally, sacrificially, with an unbounded ability to forgive. Jesus and his love, they are holy, they endure forever. And today, always, he invites us, with the help of that Holy Spirit, to love in just that very same manner. May God bless you and your families and all your loved ones.
And what? Did that wake you up? Yeah, it was kind of an odd hymn. A little bit of a Celtic. <laughs> Would you call flair? it a hymn? Would you call well, that a hymn? No, this is from the uh, genre of praise and worship music. The river is here. Mm-hmm. Kind of the CCM. Like a clogging song. Yeah, I know. Christian. You could clog. We don't clog, but you, if you did clog, you I could don't clog even own to that clogs. song. No. no. I, I think that our granddaughter is going to take clogging. I can. Can you just picture her? Uh, the her Irish little dancing? Irish dance? Yeah. Yeah, she has. She looks a bit more Irish than Italian. Right. Whereas oh, Jack, good. our grandson, looks a little bit more Italian. He'll be a ball player. I hope. Speaking of. Yeah. How are you doing with no baseball games? Kind of lost uh, in a way. I don't really miss it yet because I didn't really get a taste of it yet. You know, you, mm. if it was here and then went away as opposed to, okay, it's still off season. What I didn't know, though, that they don't get paid. I thought that is their salary. And well, right now the games are on hiatus, but. Like They're not working. They shouldn't get paid all those millions of dollars. They can't, can't afford to pay those. I, I mean, those are outrageous salaries right. that only comes from the revenue when people come into the ballpark. Yeah. I guess I just didn't know how it worked. But. I, did, I didn't realize that either, to tell you the truth, until mm-hmm. I saw something the other night and they said they're not getting paid. But, um, you no, know, no I wonder what they do their pay. lifestyles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're obviously multimillionaires, these ballplayers. And They'll all okay of a sudden, for a while. Yeah, they're not yeah. hurting. Yeah. Not hurting, but it you know it's going to be odd. They're saying they're going to start up around the Fourth of July, in empty stadiums. I just I was George Rose, who you know works for the Yankees. He was here Monday, and we were chatting about that. And I said they should have like a um, a cheer track, like they have laugh tracks for situation comedies. Yeah. Like you have a, you just you hear you hear different types of cheers. Mm-hmm. Like you get a base hit or a home run. The crowd crowd right, noises. The crowd goes wild. Crowd yeah, just kind of crowd track. To make it, I don't know. That's just part of it, you know. Yeah. It's so, it just doesn't, it just, I don't want to talk about it, but it just, it's driving everybody nuts at this yeah. point, you know. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, though, that Jim mentioned, uh, are you riding your bike? And with the masks are good for bike riding because you don't get any bugs in your teeth. <laughs> I Do mean, people, are they, are they wearing their mask when they ride their bike? Some people are. Most that I have seen, most are not, but I have seen some, whether they're walking or jogging or, or biking, but. I don't know. I like the fresh air, but see, my problem is I sing. I'm riding my bike and I'm singing, and so then you swallow bugs. <laughs> <laughs> sing oh with dear! Your thing, sing with your teeth gritted, <laughs> yeah. and they would just like a, provide a bug screen to the inside of your mouth. Something. I had a re- very weird dream the other night. I was, and uh, those of you who went to Catholic school, you know the fear of this. There, I, I, I was sitting in a classroom situation. I think I was my age, as I am now, but there were two nuns in black and white habits. I mean, they were just fully Full ha- habit. fully habited. And they called my name, James, because the nuns always called me James. James, and they said, and they had a Bible in their hand, and they, she said, when are people happier in heaven? And I, I said, I'm not really. And then I could see that they they had something on me. Like if you went to Catholic school, you know the fear that if a nun knows you did something wrong and you know she knows you did something wrong, panic sets in. So people are panicking right now. Just that feeling of the nun knows yeah. and you're about to get it. <laughs> so I wasn't really sure what Sister was talking about. I said, I, 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 in my, I was trying to be funny. I said, I'm sorry, Sister. I'm sorry, Sister. Sorry, Sister. And, and she said, she, I stood up and she showed me the Bible. And in the Bible was handwritten. And it was Revelation chapter 15. 
verse 5. And I don't even know what that is, but I remember seeing it. And, and my handwriting in there said, people in heaven are happier when the delis don't have to stay closed and everybody has a sandwich. <laughs> what did you eat before bed? <laughs> and I said to the sister, I said, some lecturer must have been saying that. I just was taking notes. And she said, no, you did it, James. So the quote that I wrote in on Revelation, I should look it up. I didn't think to look it up. Revelation 15, verse 5, I wrote, people in heaven are happier when the delis no longer have to stay closed and everybody gets a sandwich. Well, I I can see that point. (laughs) And I remember I started laughing and I woke up laughing. Did you ever do that? Wake up laughing at something in your dream? Yeah. (laughs) But first there was panic because these two nuns in their white and, you know, black and white habits they had one on Again, you. Yeah, they had one on me. There was, mm. I did something wrong. I knew it. That sister knew it, and I knew that she was going to let me have it. And I, you know, and I love, I love, I had 12 years of Catholic education. Well, actually 16 if you count college, mm. but 12 years of grammar school and high school, Catholic schools. Mm. And I loved, I loved it. I, I just really loved the whole environment. And I used to, because the nuns loved me. <laughs> the nuns loved me. They, 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 they always, you know. You know, James could do no wrong. So then when you did something wrong, it was even worse. Yeah. Because you yeah. disappointed sister. That's right. And that was part of it. Like, you didn't want to disappoint sister. Or when, do you remember when the priest would come in the classroom? Everyone sat up. Oh, and sure. you were just, like, picture perfect. We used to have. Oh, you would have to stand when. When father came in. But yeah. father, the pastor would come in and give out the report cards. Yes. And that was scary. Because father would see your grades and he'd look at them. And then look at you. And look at you, you know. Mm-hmm. So the the pastor would come in. I don't know that they do that anymore. Well, they did when our children did they? were in Catholic school. So I that's hope so. Not that was always a nice. It's, it's sad you don't see that many religious mm-hmm. anymore. But um, they were, and you know, you know, play a little, little bit of a cat and mouse game with sisters too sometimes because you try to get a little, you know, try to get a little way with something every now and then, and <laughs> sister would catch you. Mm-hmm. But it was very, 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 a very warm and loving environment. I'm sure. Except when you write in the Bible that you needed a sandwich. Heaven is people in heaven are happier when <laughs> the delis are no longer closed and people can have everyone can have a sandwich. See, but do you see the effects of all this in making you dream about delis in heaven? Yeah. Delis being closed. And you went to a deli. You go to some deli nearby us. I do. It's like nothing's even going on in the outside That's world. That's right. Except everyone looks like they're about to rob. Are the they place. wearing? Oh, they're still wearing masks. Oh, though? They wear the masks. Oh, okay. Sure. But they're not six feet apart, or are they? The other day, well, not really. I ha- I had to run in and get something, and I forgot my mask. It wasn't in the car. But what did I have? I always keep some uh, napkins, you know, in case I spill my coffee or something. I always have napkins or Kleenex there. So I took just a good old table napkin, and. Uh, made a triangle and then I had hair clips mm-hmm. and I clipped it to my glasses. So similar to so my my uh your makeshift mask. Yeah, my uh, pocket square and uh, paper clip. I mean, nobody questioned whatever. and many places still, you know, do not no mask, no entry ty- type of thing, but that may be that way for a while. But Now least- Wisconsin, the Supreme Court in Wisconsin has struck down the whole lockdown thing in the whole state. Really? They, they said, said it was unco- in, unconstitutional. Wow. For the, both the state and the federal constitution. And, you know, those that feel I, I'm, they want to err on the side of caution or they're vulnerable, they, you can choose to stay home or wear, right. your, wear your mask or do all those things that make you personally feel comfortable. Now, in the little establishment next door, the um, 
wine and spirits. There's a big sign on the front door that says, if you're not wearing a mask, we won't serve you, which they have the right to do. That's yeah. their business. They that's can do that. their establishment. If they said, look, that's the way we want it here, I, I respect that. And if I, if mm-hmm. I want to you know, uh, um, patronize them, I'll have to wear a mask. If I don't want to wear a mask, then I can't go there. That's, that's my, that's, but yeah. they have the right to do that. Right. But the fact that they're saying, I think in New York now, I did hear that the governor is going to, you don't have to wear masks outside anymore or something, or mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, don't quote me because I don't know what the exact. Yeah, but it's all, first... every, and every place is different. Georgia, right. which opened up three weeks ago, now has the lowest new new cases, confirmed cases, right. and they've been open but up. Strangely enough, now I, I have um, a choir lady who moved there uh, due to work and, and such. She said you can go get your hair cut. All the places are open, bars, restaurants. But the churches are still not allowing people in the pew. Really? So that, you know, anyway. She, no no mass? No public mass? No public masses yet. Which, I don't know, it just... Well, the churches now are open here in the Diocese of Trenton. Yes. Once again, you can go in for... Private prayer. Private prayer. Which started on Wednesday, Our Lady right. of Fatima. That's right. And so check your local parish, whether it's via their website or give the office a call. The websites usually have the latest and greatest information to see what times they are open. Some will be 9 to 5. Others may be 9 to 12 or 9 to 2. So it just depends on, you know, your particular parish. But And there's all have. so many different, yeah, so many different, even devotions. People are having devotions and things and um I think we did have something uh, posted know. on our bulletin board yesterday. Jan yeah, was I'm going to pull you. that up if we have a second. Do a song and a dance because I've got that handy. Um, did you get the email too? Pentecost Novena, uh, oh, okay. Church of Epiphany in Brick. Mm-hmm. They'll be doing a Pentecost Novena to the Holy Spirit. It starts on May 21st, which is next week. This is on streaming or in the church? Not in the church. Streaming. Streamed streaming. Live. Right, yeah. Streaming. yeah. So you go to uh, the Church of the Epiphany in Brick, New Jersey. You go to their Facebook page, Church of Epiphany Facebook. The prayers are there printed for you. You can print down the, the prayers from the website, and you can pray along every night at 7, pray along with the novena. So I'm sure many churches will be doing it. I know St. Magdalene's, too, will do their novena to the Holy Spirit. starts on Ascension Thursday, which would have been this year, May 21st, but they are transferring. Is the that state. national or well, just the state? Yeah, It might be diocesan. Uh-huh. It might be diocesan. Mm-hmm. Diocese of Metuchen, they have decided to move, and you're allowed to transfer ascension. To Sunday. To the following Sunday. So instead of the seventh Sunday of Easter, it becomes almost like Ascension Sunday. <laughs> but again, check with your parish. Yeah, because that could it varies. Well, they've been doing that in the Midwest in some oh sure some they don't have enough priests to get years around. Years. We yeah. can't do a yeah. Thursday mass and then again Sunday because they travel between mm-hmm. you know travel miles to get to the neighboring mm-hmm. churches. Yeah, so but hopefully it'll all. I think what's going to happen, I it, 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 gradually it's kind of integrating into normal a little mm-hmm. bit, like all the cars and like I was driving, I was down. Uh, in the brick area this morning and going past um, on Route 70 there, some of those, uh, the big, you know, the, the Costco's, and parking lots are packed. Right. And I just, you know, and the roads, people, more people on the roads. Right. and, and um, Well, I noticed because I've been going to, up to my, uh, my parish where I work for the daily mass, which is at 8 o'clock. Normally, you wouldn't be able to get across the Scudder's Fault Bridge, you know, mm, and right. I'd be leaving so much earlier just to avoid the traffic and in the beginning i started this two or three weeks ago 
um, I could practically drive with my eyes closed because no one was entering or coming. I would just, you know, come to a stop. Of course, I obey Officer John and stop at the stop sign. Mm-hmm. But there was a time where you really didn't need to. You could just keep going. Because, mm-hmm. But now, sometimes I wait a while because there's enough traffic going yeah. both so ways. A little, bit, little by little, I think people yeah. are gradually getting, without even the, the permission of the authorities, yeah. just... Basically, civil disobedience, which I have no problem with. <laughs> if <it's, laughs> you rebel, you. Why not at this Did point? you see the one, the guy peeking it, like rolling his window down, looking out, looking both ways, hoping the lockdown would end so we could celebrate our freedoms on 4th of July? Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's pray for that one. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to come back with, uh, let's see, Father John Barternek is going to join us. He's written a series called The Better Part a Christ-centered resource for personal prayer. And Father John will be with us uh, shortly. So stay where we are, my brothers and sisters. More to come on Friday Live.
All right. Thank you for staying with his friends. And uh, Father John Bartunik has created an extensive Christ-centered resource to serve as a daily meditation companion. The better part is meant to be a catalyst to personalized times of prayer and meditation, enabling readers to follow the Holy Spirit's lead more readily. And we want to welcome to the program Father John Bartunik. Father, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Hi, Father. How are you? Doing great. Good, good. Well, I think this is timely because people are uh, amping up their prayer life. They have a little bit more time to dedicate to it. And so what's better than a self-retreat with, uh, I understand, it even comes with a cheat sheet. How about that? <laughs> I want to hear about that because I was I was one that was all about those, you know, shortened books that got right to the point. <laughs> so, yeah, so, well, I mean, you know, the, the, the cheat sheet thing is really just uh, uh, the steps that are essential for any kind of Christian meditation. Oh, uh, you know, that's, the thing is, you know, people think of meditation, and a lot of times they think of, you know, Eastern meditation, transcendental meditation. But there is an ancient tradition in our in our own Christian faith, our own Catholic Church, uh, of really having meditative prayer, which then can become contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. So the cheat sheet identifies the essential elements of that, and mm-hmm. then the uh, the rest of the of the book is really material that can help you do that with the Word of God, with the Gospels themselves. And you know how handy this will be. There are people that will go to adoration and they say, well, well, now what do I do? You know, we're, we're so used to the noisy society and you can't get away from any sort of uh, multimedia input into the brain. We rarely have those times of silence. So this will give them like a little bit of a help to start having something to meditate and reflect on. Oh, yeah. And to have a little bit of a structure so that the silence... See, the reason that we have, you know, that silence, I love the fact that you brought silence up. The reason we, we bring silence into our spiritual lives is, well, so that we can actually hear the voice of God speak in our hearts, right? Hear it yeah, better. Right. Silence is in order to be able to listen, right? Right. But a lot of times, because of the, the factors you've just mentioned, uh, we don't know how to do that. Because, you know, hearing God speak to our hearts is not the same as, you know, hearing you and me talk right now. It, 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 it takes place in the atmosphere of faith. So, Having a very simple structure, but it's a substantial structure, can really open up like new new horizons in that type of prayer experience. So there are four books to the series, Father. I'm assuming for the, for the four each of the four Gospels. Yep, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Exactly. Okay, and is it be is it used for retreats or only private meditation? How can it be used? Yeah, so the the way it works is each of the four Gospels is contained completely but broken down into bite-sized pieces. And so you have, and so each, each of those bite-sized pieces is the, the core of what I call a unit. So each gospel is divided up into a series of units. And the unit has the gospel passage, and then it has a commentary on the passage, which is designed to help you enter into this type of prayer with the passage, like an encounter with Jesus Christ, uh, and so the commentary is divided up into different pieces, Christ the Lord, Christ the teacher, Christ the friend, Christ in my life. And we can talk about why I chose those if you want later. And then, so after that, there's this, there are some questions that can be used to help you, to help kind of stimulate your own personal reflection, but also they were designed uh, for to spark group discussion. So the, from the very beginning, this resource was designed to help you in your personal prayer, but also to help you 
have this kind of encounter where you can you can share your experiences of, of God and Christ together in a small group or even a large group. Uh, so it's designed to be used flexible, flexibly as individuals or as groups or families or two people, however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. So it also, I see here that it says the set includes a Bible study on the Gospels, a survey of saints' writings, and a guide to prayer. Um, is this a collection for beginners or for more advanced in the faith? Yeah, well, that's a great question. When I, uh, when I was first assigned this project, I'm a member of Religious Order, so it, was, it came to me under obedience. The idea was to come up with a resource that could help people in today's world go deeper in their prayer life. Uh, because a lot of the resources that are maybe a little older, they don't, they're, they're not really designed to face some of the new challenges that we're facing these days. So, and, and one of the criteria was, well, it has to be useful for a beginner, but also for someone who has been praying, someone who has a prayer life already. So it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the little cheat sheet is especially useful for someone who might be used to saying prayers, but might, might not be used to meditative or contemplative prayer. Mm. Um, But for someone who is, then you have the scriptures themselves, and the commentaries are designed, they're not exegetical, they're not catechetical, they're actually designed to, they're they're spiritual, they're designed to help you encounter Jesus and hear what he has to say to you today. So even people who are used to praying uh, have found this resource very, very useful. Well, it takes it to a whole other level, and we think we think we're doing all that we can because we say three rosaries a day, but this is completely different. And I'm sure uh, in entering into these series, it is educational as well, like, you know, to learn the, the teachings of the Gospels. Oh, yeah. So, the, I mean, the first level of, of praying the Gospels, and you might have heard the phrase Lexio Divina, mm-hmm. yes. uh, kind of a, a, a divine reading of sacred texts. The structure of those four, you know, the little cheat sheet is a, stru- is a structure that's designed to help you implement that in your own life. Um, but the idea is that the first level of meaning of the scriptures is the literal meaning. So we have to present, you know, what is, get a little context, what do these words actually mean, what, mm-hmm. what, how does it tie in with the Old Testament? But you don't stop there. Right. You actually use that. That's just opening the door so you can hear what God has to say to you personally. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. We're talking with Father John Bartunek, and he's written a uh, Christ-centered resource for personal prayer called The Better Part. It's a four-book series, one book for each of the four Gospels. And, uh, Father, I guess these days, too, you know, people, as Cheryl mentioned, you know, especially uh, people being home a lot more with a lot, trying to fill a lot more time, um, you know, as Catholics, sometimes we're a little, a little frightened to get too close to the Bible, I think, because we're afraid we're not going to be like our Protestant brothers and sisters who can spew off chapters and verse and at the top of their head. But this is a wonderful way for us to really delve into the Word of God, especially the, the life of our Lord through the Gospels, isn't it? Yeah, and the Gospels, is, the four Gospels are the, the very center of the Bible. The whole Old Testament is kind of a preparation for the incarnation of Christ, which then, you know, in his life and mission is presented by the four Gospels. Four different Gospels, four different perspectives, it's so rich. And then the rest of the New Testament is kind of a witness to the unfolding of that teaching and the grace that Christ brought. So everything points back towards the Gospels. And that's why I think, mm-hmm. you know, especially, especially, well, we all, right, it's, it's, we all go back to the Gospels over and over again, but especially someone who is in a situation you just described, maybe feels a little uncomfortable diving deep into a Bible study or 
Well, start with the Gospels and allow that to inform every other step you take. Mm. There's, it's, it really is, you know, that there's, it's inexhaustible. Yeah. Let's go back to what you mentioned. You said you broke down the, um, the, the meditative portion in, in different stages, like the life of Christ and Jesus, our friend, and Jesus, our Father. Right. Yeah, so the, so the concept, each of those units that I mentioned mm-hmm. has that same structure. So there's a commentary on that particular uh, section of the gospel uh, divided into four parts. The first part is Christ the Lord. So that brings out Jesus who comes to be our King, our Savior, right? the one who fulfills the prophecies. And, and he, that appeals to our desire to actually have direction in life, to actually follow, right? To become a follower of the King, to become a soldier of the King, mm-hmm. a companion of the King. So that appeals to our will. So that commentary is designed to appeal to that need we have to make decisions and, and determine the direction of our lives. Then the second commentary is always Christ the teacher, because Christ reveals to us the truth about God, about ourselves, about the world. That's the light that he brings, right? So Christ the teacher, that second commentary is, divine, is designed to appeal directly to our minds, to our intellect, to help us see more as Christ sees ourselves, the world, God himself. Then the third commentary in each of these units is Christ the friend, because Christ didn't save us from a distance. He came to walk with us. He wants to be with us. He's always at our side. So the Christ the friend commentary takes you back into whichever passage from the gospel you're meditating on and brings out his personality, his affection, his heart. And that appeals to our heart, Mm -hmm. so our will, our intellect, and our heart. And then the fourth one is Christ in my life which is actually designed to help jumpstart your own personal prayer. It's some responses to what you might have encountered as you went through those meditations. Mm. Beautiful. Again, we're talking with Father John Bartunik, and this series is called, for uh, I'm sorry, The Better Part. Uh, it's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. That's their website, The Better Part is the name of the series. Father, I, I, I you know, for myself personally, I've always and I, I've always drawn more to the New Testament than I, I have the Old Testament. I mean, the Old Testament is wonderful; it's the Word of God, but I, I, I have a hard time with the Old Testament, except for the Psalms and some of the like, Book of Job or Genesis or something. But the New Testament, especially beginning with the Gospels and then the the letters that follow, the epistles that follow, to me have always been the center of my spirituality. Is there anything wrong with that? Like not having a little bit more, a bit more attraction to the New Testament than the entire Bible? Including the Old oh, Testament. Oh no, there's, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I mean, there's. I would just say to you, hey, well, I kind of wish I were you because there's more to discover, and and I'm sure God in His providence will, uh, when you know when and how He wishes, will will help open that up to you. I like what you said about the Psalms. I mean, the Book of Psalms, right in the very middle of the Bible. So that's the prayer book of the Bible itself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Some of the fathers of the Church actually used to call the Book of Psalms the fifth gospel. Mm. Because what do the Psalms do? They open up. Jesus memorized the Psalms. He alludes to the Psalms. He prayed the Psalms, right? right? So the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell us what Jesus did and said, and the book of Psalms tell us what he felt, what was in his heart, mm. what he experienced. So it's almost a glimpse into another layer of Christ. Mm. And a lot of the different Old Testament books can can do that for us. But yeah, you don't need to feel pressure. Go where you're drawn. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's going to draw you where you go, where he needs you to go. That's you know? right. Well, I always say, especially during the Easter season, I love the Acts of the Apostles because I think we can learn a lot, especially in today's church, 21 centuries later, we can learn how that early church grew so rapidly and why. 
I think there's so much forest there. I love the Acts, and I love the Easter readings. It's just beautiful. Oh, yeah, the Acts of the Apostles is, uh, it, it, the amazing thing, one of the amazing things is, is how, like, people don't change that much, you know? The human right. factor comes out so strongly in there, too. People getting into arguments and fights and different reactions right. and then getting a little corrupt and then having to deal with that, and, yeah, and that's kind of how things are. Yeah, it could have been written today. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. Well, a beautiful series. Again, friends, we've been talking with Father John Bartunek. Uh, the book, the series is called The Better Part, and it's a Christ-centered resource for personal prayer. As you heard Father John explain, it, it certainly has so much to offer, and I do encourage you, friends, to check it out. Go to sophiainstitute.com. That's the website. The Better Part is the name of the series. And as Father said, it can be used on a personal level or in, in group settings and, and uh, a great way. And, Father, again, I, 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 I totally agree. You know, the gospel, it's the, heart of, it's the heart of the Bible, the four gospels, and it's just such a wonderful, wonderful series you've presented. So thank you for doing that. Oh, thanks so much for having me. God bless, God bless you. you, Father. Stay healthy and God well. We need you. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. All right, friends. Uh, and again, that's Father John Bartunek. This series is called The Better Part. I always encourage people, you know, I think when you get things like this, it's uh, it's important to take advantage of People are looking for things today, you know. <clears throat> right, right. And so all four are available now. They are. They're out there now. Okay, well, why don't we take a quick break, and we will be back with more, my friends. So don't go away. There's more to come on Friday Live. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I told her I love her. Instead of sitting on the couch, I helped clean up. I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I sent my husband a love email. What have I done for my marriage today? It's a good question. Gave her a call and say, thinking of it, and the kids. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> We're going to the museums as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I made my wife coffee and breakfast this morning. It's going to be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. Oh, we're spending the day together? I bought her an orchid. <laughs> Hassan was able to let me sleep in by taking him care of him in the morning. I read the newspaper to my wife, and it cracked her up. She's been, she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. All right, Father John Bartunik. This is set up so nicely. Oh, that's wonderful. Did you receive all four? It was a sample. I think one. we just got that one, I believe. This one we is the Gospel of, Luke. Gospel of Luke. If yeah. you were to go to one of them, which one would you read first? Personally? Yeah. Luke. Luke. I love Luke. It's the, the whole Christmas narrative, the birth of the whole I know, I know. It's, it's, I think it's one of my favorite. But I love the Psalms. I could read them over and over and over. Psalms, yeah. And maybe because the musical connection, of course, you know, every Sunday we sing the Psalms, and, and I feel like I know them all so very well. But 150, to... and there's a Psalm for everything. That's right. There is a Psalm for And then, of course, in the, I, I love it in the morning and evening prayer and even night prayer. You pray the Psalms. They're all in there. Yeah. So you pray them. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're having a little short, but that's okay. We've got to do a little song and dance here. Never okay, then. Any text? <laughs> Tell us what you're doing in Oh, yeah, this wait. We did, we, did, we did get a text. So let me go you back need to, to that. Go, back go to the text here. Let check. me see. So we give I'll out the number and then we kind here. of yeah. we get involved and uh, we forget a little. So we're going to pray, friends, that Bruce and Linda are with us this coming Monday. Of course, he's recovering there with his uh, injury there and, and the infection. Mm -hmm. They said to be very, very careful. If you're out gardening, you might have a little cut or something. 
any of that dirt or plant whatever can get in there and, and cause an infection. So wear those nice big thick garden gloves. And so I, I guess, you know, haven't we always like just played in the dirt? Right. From the time we're kids. Yeah. All of a sudden but the dirt is poison. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I you know, when I was growing up, when I was a boy, by the you way, we do dirt, have we, we have uh, Pete and Arlene. We lost track of what day it was until oh. we heard you both on the radio. Uh, the Friday emails that list your guests remind us, and I forgot to send that out today. So, oh. my bad. Uh, great day to be outside. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Pete and Arlene, thank you. Oh, beautiful. Have um, a beautiful weekend, friends. When I was a boy, you know, they in Bogota, New Jersey, up in Bergen County. Mm. They put right uh, Route 80 right through our front yard. Yes. I literally watched them build Route 80. Did they buy your house? They didn't or? buy our house. They bought every other house on the block but ours. My father was mad because <laughs> 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 they bought every other house on the block but ours. Oh, he was mad that they didn't buy the house. That they, didn't they were offering want to. good money for the houses, I guess. Oh. Oh. But um, so there was a, I mean, houses across the street from us that were all sold and torn down, and now Route 80 is there. But I remember watching them build, and my friends and I, every day, I was about five, maybe four or five years old, four or five years old, we'd go out in the front yard of my house. Mm-hmm. While the road graders and the bulldozers were building Route 80, we had our little Tonka toys, Aww. and we were playing trucks out in the front yard. We were in the dirt. <laughs> we were just playing in the dirt. Maybe that's why you have such a strong immune system. I mean, you are a I, play, I didn't eat the dirt, but we played in it. <laughs> We played in the dirt. Yeah. My my parents had no front lawn in that house because we were we, we weren't we were using our they construction trucks. Well, no, we used to we were doing it with our Tonka oh, toys, <laughs> our Tonka oh. trucks. But um, oh. and it was dangerous. It was very dangerous because um, they would leave the the, the tractors and things there. Oh, and goodness. I do remember I was kind of a mischievous little lad. We probably there probably were about maybe four or five of us, and they had one of those big grass-cutting tractors. They were mowing the... And we were playing on it <gasps> and pushed the button and oh. the, the, the thing started. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Another time I remember in in the field where now Route 80 runs, it was still dirt and there was no houses. But, but because there had been houses there and torn down, we were playing out there and one of my friends, Jimmy Tucker, mm. um... Stepped on a board with a nail and went right through his foot. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And my father, we, I ran and got my father went out. My father, I guess, he, he wasn't a medic in the Navy, but he, I guess, had to deal with somebody. He was, he literally p- pulled it out. I get Ooh, weak just I like know. thinking about Went right about through it. his foot. I mean, right through. Not just stuck it, went right <laughs> okay, through the foot. Okay, that's enough. We get the idea. <laughs> Woo! God no. bless him. And we all survived. That's right. We are tough. We all survived. Well, you know, talking about Survivor, I heard, I I pop around and listen to a lot of news on my drive. I have a 45-minute commute. And I'd also walk a mile to St. Joseph's Elementary School every day, back and forth. No buses. Walk the mile. That's right. In the (laughs) snow. In the snow and in the rain. (laughs) You name it. And then sometimes I was in kindergarten because I didn't like school, the cops would take me home. (laughs) <laughs> this principal, because my mother didn't drive, the principal would have to call the go to police department to drive me home. And you were faking it? No, I had a bellyache. Oh. I think. That's what I would say anyway. <laughs> Sister, I have a stomachache. Right, take James home. home. Let's call the police and take James home. The police would take you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. You were going to say something. No, I'd lost my train of thought. Sorry. I don't know. I was thinking of Oh, a- it was 
I don't watch this program, Survivor, but I think we all know about that reality show. I, it's, I think it's been on for years. They throw people out on an island or in the jungle and they have to survive. Mm. Anyway, the the winner was from New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And number two and like second and third place, they were also all from, from New, Jersey? New Jersey. Oh, yeah. So we're survivors. Oh, yeah. If you can survive Jersey, you can survive anything. You can say that's right. Oh, I see. But I, when you drive by, I, I, not often because I'm not up there that often, but you drive on Route 80, you pass my old house. You can so see you it. could still see it. Sure. It's still wow. there. It's still up there in Bogota. Just it's the only house and... sitting on, on Fairview Avenue, just sitting there. Wow. And there's other houses down the block, but the, the, our particular block. That but something? I told you that story. You know the story. We were playing it. These are the days when kids would be out. Your, your parents would say, go play outside, and they wouldn't even know where you were. That's right. We were in the front yard. And they'd call you for dinner, right? Right. They'd call out. But we were like, I mean, literally, it's 1960. I was, I was six years old. That's young. That's young today, right? In those days, it was old. But um, the houses on our block were all sold, but at this point, vacant. They had not been torn down yet. And we were all playing. I remember it was myself and a few other, and it was like a mixed crowd. It was there were a couple little girls and about four boys. And this man came, walking down the street. And I'll never forget the face. He had very pointed features, oh. very thin. And he said he started talking to us. And he he bent down and he held out his hand. And in his hand was a a, a roll of a quarters, coins. And he said, "I'll give any one of you all this money if you come into that house with me." Oh boy. Oh boy. And um, the evil within. But I still see his face. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, only one one boy went. Mark. Mark was kind of a. Mark went with him, and he went up the block, and they were going to that. And I went and told my mother that I said some man just came and offered money, and Mark went in the house with him. Oh my, my mother, I mean, didn't bat an eye. Immediately called the police. Right. You know, and the and this is 1960. I know. And the police came into the house, and I had to show the police what house, and they, went, and they, they literally, all of a sudden you saw Mark running out of the house, and then the police coming out with the man in handcuffs. Yikes. That's so long ago long for ago, that right? sort of And he was, he was about to be molested. It was very, very you wouldn't think, but, uh, you know, and I remember his, then his mother and f- father came to my house that night, and they bought a truck, and they gave it to me for, for, telling, for telling my mother to call yeah. the police, and they said... But I never forget that man's face. He had, he had like a pointed nose and pointed right. ears. That would like be the implanted devil. on like your the devil. Yeah. Looked like the Ooh. devil. He was holding. I'll give any one of you all. He had this, and they were all shiny new quarters in his hand. I'll give you any of you all these, these coins if you come into that house with me. Man, scary. I, of course, I was smart. I had brains. My mom taught me well. Mm, well, don't go with strangers. That's right. That's but right. poor Mark. Of course, he survived. He, he made it, but anyway, oof, yeah. scary. Scary stuff. All right, well, listen, uh, I hope that you have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. It sounds like a little bit of rain, but then it's going to be nice. So enjoy these May days, and uh, we'll see. We're not sure about Bruce on Monday yet, but we'll find out. And then maybe we can post it. You send out a, a notice of some type. Yes, we'll get something out. I'll be with you on Tuesday, and then we're not, uh, next Friday, because it is the beginning of the Memorial Day weekend, oh, we're going to take a little break. Next weekend already? Yes, yes. That's right. So we'll take a little break, and I think instead of Friday Live, we'll play some music. How about some music? Okay. I do, would you believe up to today, I had I saw somebody that I um, know at church, and they thanked us for the music on Easter Sunday. So it's still out there that, that okay. people enjoyed it. All right. Well, have a great weekend, friends. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.